Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. last night finally and at one point I looked at your pants and I was so sure they were going to fall down and I was like god Eric truly has no ass I don't have a butt to hold it up <laughs> just it oh my god it was just just this complete you looked like a paper bag they used to give at the supermarket before we went to plastic just Stop. a slab and I just kept holding out that in front of everybody your pants are just gonna drop and be like <laughs> whoopsie and it never happened i i was so sure i can't bet money on it so this is the thing with my weird shaped body okay (laughs) like okay so i have no ass but i my god gave me the ability that where an ass should be he was like "Mm, we'll put them on the sides of his body so i have i have ginormous love handles i'm very much like a giant pear-shaped man with just these (laughs) tiny little athletic legs no butt underneath so what I so when I put on pants, I have two choices. One, you go below the love handles, which will expose my ass crack. So I wear generally a long t-shirt to prevent that. Or I can I can buy pants that are like size 54 to go around my love handles and then hike them up to look like Dr. Robotnik. Either way, they don't like to stay there. I think I need to get in. If like I did that, I need to be in the suspenders game. But you know, there's just, there's not, they don't make pants for this kind of body. I'm not, I'm not built for this world. You remind me of Larry the Lobster from Spongebob. God damn it. God damn it, Ashley. Hey, hey, Larry the Lobster is popular and is... 100% 100% not a homosexual. So so is Ed Gain, but I'm not proud when I call Tommy him, you know? He just he just kind of yeah. looks like him. Uh, <laughs> he does. Tommy has the real good Ed Gain vibes or Ed Gain. Yeah, know? there we go. Yeah, yeah, he does. He he definitely gives off uh, he definitely gives off playful pedophile. Like he <laughs> he would have a can't <laughs> It looks like he'd have a candy store that no mom will let you shop at. It's, it, no, literally, there's a place in Gettysburg. It's, uh, it's what is it called? It's something Emporium. I gotta look it up. Hold oh, on. Mr. Ed, Mr. Ed's, Mr. Ed's uh, Emporium. Hey, that's I- what it is. Tana, PA. But that, that's look it up sometime. It's strong Tommy vibes. Tommy'd be like, "I'll give you some taffy if you let me touch your taint." Ooh. Like that's yeah. each each everlasting gobstopper comes with a free side of molest. Hope you enjoy. Mm. <laughs> 
uh, classic Tommy Simbazo. Um, Jeremy, are we ready to just kick this off? Kids I think, love let's candy. Hop, let's hop right into it. Hey, my name is Eric Woodworth, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Quality Time. I'm joined uh, first by, you know what, let's go out of order. Let's get uh, let's get uh, uh, first the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. How are you? I'm alive, Daddy. She did it. I like that. That was, I mean, listen, I'm excited that you're alive and that you made it to another day and that, you know, the grind hasn't put you into fucking mash and you're, and now you're here doing content with the boys. I'm so grateful. <laughs> I, I, I wish you would always introduce her before me. Oh, yeah. Why is that? Because I'm also joined by that other ominous voice live from the crawls of his crawl space, uh, surrounded by tons of children's bodies. My blood, my brother, Mr. Jeremy P. Woodworth. Jeremy, how are you, sir? Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, who could it be on the program? Is this uh, is this is this Chris Sarandon? Is it is, is it William Sadler? No, that's not that's not right, Mister uh, Kooky Poopy. This is uh, Dennis Miller. Oh, is know? that Dennis Miller? Oh, is that right, yeah. Kimo Sabi? You're gonna come yeah. in here and come talk about Bordello Blood. It's got a bunch of vampires and titties. I loved it. <laughs> I, had a, I had a choice of hanging with you guys or Nancy Pelosi. I figured this would be the better bet. You know. <laughs> God, don't please don't leave this in for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. Hey, it's me. You know, there was kind. Of, I remember working on Bordello of Blood, and it was a lot like the ancient Romans uh, standing up against the Persian fleet at Thermopylae. You know what I mean? <laughs> I consider it only my tenth greatest movie, next to uh, Joe Dirt. <laughs> Jeremy yeah. coming in with the fucking haymakers. Oh, <laughs> I gotta say, um, I actually call my pussy on my period bordello of blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, it's good to have both of you in here uh, as I uh, slowly but surely uh, build Quality Time Studios. It's it's coming along, guys. Uh, uh, lots of mud. I'm covered. I look at. After yesterday, I looked like one of the extras from um, uh, one of the the tribes people from the movie Congo, just covered in powder and gray hair. Um, though my wife said he's like with all the whiteness in my hair that one day I might look like a distinguished, handsome gentleman. But instead, I still she knew after a shower I would look like trash again. So, mm, Eric, you're gonna age like blue cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Just the real marbling that goes through me. Yeah, get those liver spots going and just be like, mm, to the right person, you're delicious. <laughs> to everyone else, you're fucking disgusting. <laughs> I mean, listen, it, it, everyone has a person out there. Jeremy Woodworth is proof of that. Jeremy, how are you, sir? How did, first of all, can we can we talk about how um you, how your job went this week? I know you had a new job that's already come and passed, but uh, tell us about how that went. Hard, hard to believe I got fired from another job. <laughs> I mean, it's not hard to tell. Why? What was the reason? Tell us the job, the place, what you were doing, and then and then take us to the firing. Um, I I had a simple simple labor job. Mm-hmm. At at a jewelry um, mass distribution place, okay. I won't name their name, but it kind of sounds like um, 
a music streaming service like Mandora. Mm. Um, he was working at he was working at Hotify. Got it. Exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, pretty much just putting jewelry into little bags, into other little bags, much like small crack cocaine bags and um on my feet and a nice air-conditioned warehouse with a fan on me and um after two days after a full day of work they decided to not call me back and wouldn't say why and the only guess well i have a couple of guesses number one i'm slow number two i wanted a fan on me whereas i'm with (laughs) small skinny girls which probably don't want a fan on them because they're not fat and they don't sweat their asses off with just simple labor. But I remember after coming back from lunch and I walked into the room and I realized I didn't have my mask on and they have a fucking mask policy, even though the state doesn't require a mask policy anymore. Yeah. So that might've been why I was summarily not asked to come back the next day. Cause I'm too dumb to come back from lunch with the fucking mask on, which I didn't want to fucking wear in the beginning, so. Mm, so masks and, and jewelry thing. I think I think you're destined for be- better things, which, you know what? If you'd like to help out, guys, uh, in any way of the situation, head over to our merch store. Even if you don't like one of the shirts, buy it anyway. Proceeds can, go to Jeremy being able to live. It's can important. I, can I just say what uh, how this mask policy is has completely stopped the spread of COVID and it, nobody's gotten it because we wear a mask. And I'm not fucking bitter. I don't fucking hate this fucking world or fucking bullshit policies I'm that not ex- help shut down all of the American fucking economy. I'm not bitter at all. No, no, I'm not fucking angry. I'm, uh, you know, I always like, uh, the thing about masks is, uh, part of it is, um, if we're following the science, there's uh, there's not a lot of data that proves that they work. But it makes people feel like they're doing something. And that's the most important thing in American society is the feeling that you're doing something, right? Like, I've never helped – that's not true. I've helped the homeless through Habitat for Humanity once. Uh, I did that in high school, and it was forced by the state. But uh, – <laughs> Yeah, baby. But, you know, have I donated to causes? That, yeah, sure. I've given some money here and there. Did that actually help anything? No. But did it make me feel good inside? It did. And that's, you know, that's the American way. You I was going to say – Sorry, I was just going to say that that's why Eric put me on his show last night and made him feel good inside. <laughs> no, you are, uh, not, you are not a charity booking. Never, I, ever. By the way, there's only two ways that I give to bums on the street mm-hmm. or or at the uh, traffic light. Either I give them a beer or I give them a dollar and I say, don't let this go to food. I want you to buy drugs with it. That's cool. So, like, I like that's a great idea. I love when uh, listen, I do uh, occasionally give change to the homeless, but I do it if they have a funny sign. If it's if it's too <laughs> serious, like if it's like, oh, my children are around this man, fuck your kids. OK, but if you're saying <laughs> yeah. that you're a homeless Jedi that's ready to learn uh, lightsaber classes, then I'm donating to that. You understand? Right. I think yeah. that's immediately where my I head don't- goes. I don't give to the homeless that have children with them. And I'm like, oh, boo-hoo, your family. But if they have a service dog, get out of here. I'm 100% giving them a 20. I'm like, save 
that dog. Dude, I love a homeless guy that has like a real scrawny dog. That rules. Like that is I love I love that little piece of humanity, you know. I like a dog with those real saggy boobs cuz you know she was overbred. Whether it's by the homeless guy or someone else, I'm like she's seen some shit. I want all my money to go to fix her titties. I I love and yeah, that same dog definitely gave out a litter that was sold as quote unquote with big air quotes like uh pit bulls for $75 a piece that only grow to yeah. about 20 pounds, which my friend 100% got duped for when we lived in Salisbury. <laughs> he, they were puppies and he was like, "Yeah, I got this puppy. It's going to be a pit it's a pit bull and this thing didn't grow over the size of a hot dog." <laughs> <laughs> but his name was Tank. He was an adorable puppy, and we gave he gave him a very good home. The reverse also happens, though, too, where people are like, "We got a German Shepherd," and then it grows up, and it's like, "Oh, it's a Rottweiler." <laughs> oh. uh, well, you, you, you had to admit the dog did give one good fight before it died. <laughs> the, be- the best part is the the one I bought that one hairless cat, and it just grew up to be Jeremy Woodworth, which is very. <laughs> Why am a cat in real life? <laughs> I was gonna say, Jeremy. You know, your your job plight really speaks to me, and I'm still working on the golden rat trap. But now, I feel that we need to add to our merch line a bracelet collection where you can add your own charms and you can add charms like a golden rat a pellet gun a pellet jack like just little charms i just want a little bracelet i just want a little personalized bead on the bracelet that says fuck the world so (laughs) i can do that can I interest you in my anal beads I've been saying? Ooh, <laughs> oh. anal, they double as anal beads. Oh. Yeah, it, it I, still I, smells some of the poo. <laughs> the right size, you can just wrap it around your Uh I'm gonna put my advertising at the front of the show for uh I'm giving away some of the music um on reverbnation.com slash Jeremy Woodworth. Oh, okay. Wait, so wait a minute. What music are you giving away? So you've started your personal mu- music site on Reverb Nation where people can hear Jeremy Woodworth a ridge. Yeah, and uh, I only have Die Hard on there, and the other ones are all uh, Rob and Joe stuff, just in case Rob and Joe kids come here. So okay, we we should we should work on that, Jeremy. I've been uh, when when the studio is up and built, I'd like to uh, remaster a couple of your tracks. Okay, like the psoriasis song. Um, oh, yeah. uh, it's like you have some real gems, and and people have been asking for them. And, and I'm glad you brought this up, Jeremy, because your music is not only inspired, you know, me to to step my game up. Uh, it's also inspired our fan base a bit, Jeremy. Uh, we had a listener named Matt Kincan- uh, Ken Cannon um, who has submitted a. That's song not a real name. That it's Matt. Kin- uh, maybe it is fake. I don't know, but that's what he goes by on uh, the Facebook Messenger, and uh, he submitted. Might as, well, might as well be like Kevin Dick a Dick Job or something. <laughs> Kevin Dick a Dick Job. It's funny he he mentioned that uh, 
he he was very specific on the pronunciation of his name and like phonetically spelled it for me. And I said, "Relax, we're gonna let Jeremy uh, decide how we'll it's just, pronounced." We'll just call now. him. We'll just call him Nick Cannon. <laughs> Nick Cannon. All right, Nick Cannon. Now he he also went as far as to say that he is uh is wants to be the top Matt. Uh, fan, because as you know, one of our top fans is, of course, the great Matt Cannon, who I got to see down at Ocean City a couple weeks ago, just randomly. Uh, but he says he's actually challenged Matt uh, Cannon to a song off. He said, I want three Ooh. songs. I was like, I don't even know if Matt Cannon does music, but he's he's determined to be not only the top listener, but he wants to be the top, specifically the top Matt on the show that has the word Cannon in his last name. So well, his name is Nick Cannon now. So. His name is Nick Cannon. Okay. So uh, I'm not going to spoil the name of the song, but he goes, uh, Eric's, this is what he wrote. He goes, Eric and Jeremy's songs plus Honest Ash has made me make a song in true quality time standards. Uh He goes, a poorly recorded song about personal humiliations with bad equalization. Okay. Can I make a suggestion? Yes. A song with the N word as many times as possible. Relax, Jeremy. I listen. I I realize that it, this is all joke. I, I realize like you're making jokes, but please, like only serious, only serious ones. Like if you're really gonna do it, do it. But don't don't play around. All right. Now listen. But only if he only if he's black. Yes, he's not. He is white as freshly fallen fucking snow. Uh, and- I was gonna say that. the fact that you guys think we have listeners that are people of color is hilarious. <laughs> So, all right. With, the, the, the colors are fans of the quality time. So, without further ado, here we go. Here is the here's the song he submitted, uh, and uh, I'll play. You know what? I'm willing to play it in its entirety. Here we go. Now, this is a song I wrote about one of those moments you have in your life. All of us have one. You need to be at the peak of professionalism, and your body fails you one way or another. This was earlier today. Yeah, I woke up real early today. Gotta make that goddamn day. Put my pants on one leg at a time. I got to make another dime. Day as a manager, and you know the pressure's on. But you know what happened soon, like three hours into the shift. I'm saying, like, secret boner, I'm not a loner no more. Secret boner. Gotta hide in the back room with it Secret boner What did I do To fucking deserve you Make me embarrassed now It's just one of those things, you know I'm not sure why it happened I'm not proud of it I'm not 13 anymore It's one of the most humiliating things that happened at work Nobody saw it But I had to hide between an air compressor and a refrigerator for about 10 minutes, all right? Now let's talk about this later. Hey! <laughs> Secret boner, I'm not a loner no more. Secret boner, 
I hide in the back room with it. Secret boner, what did I do to fucking deserve you? Make me embarrassed now. Wow! Wow! I, I have I have found the Messina to my logins. <laughs> I have found the Garfunkel to my Simon. Oh my gracious! Yeah. So, Jeremy, what did you think of uh, our listener submission? I mean, obviously, you seem like you're pretty tickled of this. Well, it is funny and it's well done. Except my song would all be about my boner rubbing against people on purpose, just as my own song. So. Oh, okay. How would you? What would be some tips and some recording tips as a professional <laughs> <Tips>. artist? <laughs> <laughs> well, about a three-inch tip. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, the tip is three inches. I, see, I, I try to keep my boner. I don't try to keep my boner secret. It's just that barely people can barely see that it's a boner. So. Ah, that makes sense. Now, <laughs> he's a big fan of your work, Jeremy, this Matt uh, Kincannon fella. Uh, he actually went sent us this message asking me and Ashley this. Uh, been loving the podcast on uh, my long-as-hell work shifts, uh, and I don't even like horror movies, but you guys are great. Uh, my roommate and I drunkenly stomped, headbanged, stuck our tongues out uh, over and over to a song from the podcast where the chorus is basically, you're going to die soon, uh, over and over. I can't find the episode for the life of me. Do you have this? And honestly, songs about where Jeremy wants to die soon, I, he didn't narrow it down enough. But I think mm. this is the song he's talking about, which would be... I think the psoriasis song. And now, Matt, let us know when you when you hear this little tidbit if this is the one you're looking for. Sores all over my body. I have sores. They make me really nuts. They make it's 24 hours now, and they make me wanna die. <laughs> sores over my body. They go pretty much anywhere. Anyway, if that's the song that you're looking for, let us know, and I'll, I'll send you a, a private a private copy of it just you know for the submission. You know that song by um, Metallica, "Creeping Death." No, yes, I do actually. It's actually one of the f one of the few songs uh, when I was learning to play guitar. It was one of the first songs that I learned how to play. That I was like, "This one, this is gonna make me fucking cool." Well, how about Enter Sandman? You ever heard Enter Sandman? I can play Enter Sandman, but there's the speed of a creeping death where you're like, duh, 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 like, duh, 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 like that. It's a good little, really easy riff to play, and. Uh, <laughs> 
It's well, I, I, as as I was trying to say, I just wish the whole song was the die medley, medley over and over. Die, die. <laughs> I love that these boys are like, oh, this is the song I learned. I'm like, okay, I learned Island in the Sun by Weezer. We're not the same. <laughs> well, what makes what makes the uh, Metallica song Creeping Death is it's straight biblical and just like when the Pharaoh said, so let it be written, so let it be done. Yeah, just like it says, like it says in the Bible. I mm. I like it because it is my favorite Passover song. So every every Jewish Passover, I listen to Creeping Death. <laughs> and the best part is, it's not really in the Bible, but it was in the movie The Ten Commandments, mm. which is close enough to the Bible. So I like <laughs> it was a good move by Metallica. Uh, Ashley, mm. what did you think of our listener submitted song? I loved it. Um, I haven't seen what you look like, so I'm not going to make a pass at you um, because I've seen what happens when I hit on fans who turn out to be ugly. Um, (laughs) Shout out everyone at the Waynesboro show last night. Uh... (laughs) Oh, not everyone is ugly. The cute ones have girlfriends. Um, No, it was it was very good. I am glad that my embarrassing, weird stories about my puss inspired you to make a song. Oh man! Oh, you do you want to know what was so funny last night? Uh, (laughs) Ashley did did a piece of crowd work last night that made me laugh so hard. She was like, "Any single guys out there?" And it. And literally everyone is there with their girlfriend. It's just silent. And I I fucking lost lost it laughing at that part so hard. And then Ashley goes, Well, I guess I just I forget what you said, but I admit, you fucking crushed by the way last night. So, it was oh, so whatever. good. Um no, I yeah. <laughs> like, is anybody in here single? And it was like nobody and I looked out of the corner of my eye and Dan Crab is sitting there in front of everybody. I was like, Dan, I know you're fucking single. Don't you fucking lie. Put that goddamn hand up. <laughs> Uh, it was a great show. We actually had uh, a couple of uh, a big quality time listener sitting front row too. Uh, it's James, right? James is his yeah, name. James yeah, him and his uh, his girlfriend were there. Jeremy, they they uh, they remember us all the way from when we had a table at Monster Mania all those years ago, and they came Ooh. to the show last night. So big nice. fans of the show. Shout out uh, Waynesboro. It was good to see you guys. You guys were fucking awesome. They last drove night. so far to see us because they drove to see me at ocean blue in rehoboth because they're from that area eric they drove from like the ocean city area to watch us last night good good they should drive further next time that's my no don't do that we'll get a show on the eastern shore watch where uh big time in comedy presents eric and ashley and jeremy the quality time live episode from roadie joe's i'm just Oh, sorry. I'm going to will that into existence just by saying I'm, Okay, it. So here's my suggestion. I think that's a great idea, but here's what we need to do. Podcast versus podcast. Mm. Paco's got balls versus quality time, and we all know which rat I'm gunning for. Oh, man. I think I think we, we are a stronger podcast than them, though. Like, 100%. I think they know 100%. We don't need a vodka sponsorship we've got warehouse cinemas shout out where yeah yeah that is exciting have we announced that on the show that you that you did that 
or no? We haven't. Um, so I'm going there this evening, but and I don't think I've really told Jeremy yet because I've been so busy. But um, we now have a pseudo partnership with uh, Warehouse Cinemas in Frederick. They are the official cinema of the Quality Time podcast. So whenever we three are able and the theater is willing and able, um, we will be going to to the movie uh, premieres and shows so that we can uh, report back. And uh, yeah. we get to see movies for fucking free, Jeremy and Ashley what figured it all out. Is this Frederick? It's where, where the old this? Frederick Town Mall is. It's a movie theater in Frederick, Maryland. <laughs> Jeremy's so perplexed right now. He changed his background to the Golden I Gate worked, Bridge, and it's terrifying. I worked at the Bucky's Town one, but that's not the Frederick one. They're brand Town? new. Warehouse Cinemas, brand new. They're the people that just also oh. bought Leidersburg Cinemas in Hagerstown. Brand new. I'm there all the time. I love it. They love our Instagram. And so they have made a deal with me that the three of us, during certain movies that they'll give to us, that we can go together for free. So we can go see uh, Black Widow and Black Panther? We only it's can only see black based, only color based movies. Uh, movies. So we can see, <laughs> we can see Black Panther. Black we can see Black yes. Widow. We also can see Green Knight. Those are the only ones that we've. It has to have a color in the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it like doesn't have Red a... Dawn. Yeah. We can't see any non-color based <laughs> movies there. Because they figured the combined IQ of the three of us was not that high. We're like, we need to teach them colors and shapes. <laughs> So what about the movie Nope? Nah, sorry. Not on the list, pal. Fuck. But Green we'll find Inferno. out as we go. But we'll find out as we go. But we are grateful nonetheless. And we are happy to see this relationship grow. So Warehouse Cinemas, again, is the official movie theater of the Quality Time podcast. Yeah, so get ready. Now, is uh, well, I, I haven't hope, been... I hope they re-released that, uh, you know, Call Me By Your Name movie, so... Now, uh, oh, call me by your no. You want to you want it to be called uh, Red. Call me by your name, and then that way we'll be able to go see it as part of our sponsorship. That's, call me by your name is what Army Hammer heard in court last week. <laughs> and I point out the man. So we're uh, we're excited for the for our new sponsorship. Thank you, uh, Ashley, for procuring that. You've done a great job. I am, though, I'm very excited about tonight's movie uh, because tonight's movie is one that, uh, uh, it, you know, I'm glad that it exists because we're going over the 1996 classic Tales from the Crypt presents Bordello of Blood, which is, God, I... The fact that this movie exists, that the great writers, Robert Zemeckis and uh, uh, and um, the other fella here, where, where are we at? Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, uh, famously who wrote the, uh, the, the Back to the Future series, The Frighteners, which we've done recently, uh, they went and made this heaping pile of beautiful car wreck that we're about to experience. Uh, uh, you know what? Uh, directed by David, G- uh, uh, or I'm sorry, Gilbert Adler. Now, while uh, Gilbert Adler 
has produced some of gems like the movie Constantine, Ghost Ship, House on Haunted Hill, 13 Ghosts, and even uh, comedies like Starsky and Hutch. He's only directed a handful of... uh, This is actually his only movie he's ever directed, uh, although he has multiple TV shows that he has directed, like uh, multiple episodes of Tales from the Crypt, Charmed, and... The short-lived uh, horror series, Freddy's Nightmares, Jeremy. Do you remember Freddy's Nightmares? Uh, I probably only saw one episode of that. It was very short-lived. It was like one or two seasons at most. Yeah, he directed the episode one of that, so uh, it's really good. Not as good as The Hitchhiker. I think The Hitchhiker was the best short-lived. Hell yeah, uh, and ha- also had the best music. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, and I mean, and what the best else? Episode of uh, Bill Paxton ever. It is true, and because what else could you want other than Robert Zemeckis and Bob uh, Gale telling a fun, gory story in the Tales from the Crypt universe about uh, prostitute vampires? And you know what we got? A little bit of Dennis Miller. You know what else we got? Random ass cameo from Whoopi Goldberg. That's what we're putting in Bordello of Blood here. Made a big note about that one. (laughs) So uh, it starts out with uh, the opening scene. We get to see one of Jeremy's favorite people, kind of people in the whole world, Frank uh, uh, Phil Fondacaro uh, and his friends uh, uh, raiding an ancient tomb. Jeremy, how excited were you that the movie starts out with with a little person? Um, just looking by the forest, I was almost hoping it was going to be the Redwood Forest where they actually filmed part of Return Return of the Jedi, so. It's funny that you you mentioned Return of the Jedi, because I think at one part, Dennis Miller calls him, and he's like, what's up with this creepy Ewok over here, Haki Masabi? (laughs) And, uh... (laughs) And if you guys, if you guys know that Phil Fondacaro was the Ewok that got killed... Yes. And was was blown up, and the other Ewok comes and's like, goes, eh. "Hey, that I'll let you know." As a child watching Return of the Jedi, that's the first time I I shed a tear during a movie was was watching that little Ewok die, and then and then Wicket coming over and going, Aah. or is it is it Chief <laughs> Chirpa? I I can't remember, but it, it brings back no, too many scars. I can't even. Chief, Chief Chirpa had a little skull on his head, mm-hmm. but uh. It, Rob, Rob, uh, from from Rob and Joe, another drop there, mm-hmm. uh, gave me the the biggest question of my life, which was if I had a billion dollars, which movie would I make? And mm-hmm. of course, I was like, oh, I'll make my own. But I had to seriously contemplate it. I would make an almost the original vision of George Lucas mm-hmm. was to make Star Wars with all midgets, but the only <laughs> non midgets in the movie would be Chewbacca. So he would be normal size. Or or no, vice versa. Yeah. So, would so you, you call it Short Wars? <laughs> <laughs> would would Mickey Coachella get a part in it? Would he get to play an Ewok? Oh, fuck no, he's way too tall. <laughs> fuck him. In the land of Ewoks, Mickey Coachella is a giant. He's <laughs> more like a Danny DeVito. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Where you're like, he's not quite right. Uh, you're you're kind of like, it's like he's missing, he's missing something. And Chief. that's his own movie, Mickey Cinderella, where it's like he, he's missing a part of himself and needs to find someone to make him whole. And I'd also like to remake the holiday special with Ewoks. Mickey has, Mickey has that problem. Too short to be considered a midget, too tall not to eat out of the trash, you know? And... Uh, <laughs> 
the, the saddest the saddest part I couldn't remake it with Harvey Corman and and um and B Arthur anymore because they're dead. Oh, sad, <laughs> sad. So, uh, uh, sorry. Can I say one thing about Mickey? I love Mickey. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Put it out there. Put it in the ether. I've got a yeah. Mickey, hit me back if you hear this because I am curious. On Father's Day. You posted that you were judging a bikini contest. <laughs> and I, I just want to know, what did you do to lose your kids? I don't really understand. <laughs> oh, the mighty have fallen. I miss Mickey Coachella. We should, I wonder if we can get him on as, as a guest on the show. I bet you I can Come pull on, that sometime. Mickey, we love old school radio. I, so come I do, and you know, hey, former former host of uh, the Quality Time podcast, uh, Miss Kimberly Ambrose, now Kimberly Callahan. I think back to Ambrose now. Not sure about all that. Uh, they actually have a Revolution Radio or Revolution Underground, which is I think that's uh, I think that's their their podcast. Or no, it's Revolution Old School. So check out the pod okay, with Mickey and and Kim. Uh, very, very great show. You know, I'm going to reach out. We're going to get we're going to get Mickey as a future guest and uh, get to hear all of his stories uh, that are very all of them. Very true. Um, Mickey, tell me about your parenting. Why you at a bikini contest? I would love to hear it. You're a good. You, you know, tell me you, know you. you know, his kid went viral when uh, his kid said, uh, yeah, I'm going to kick his butt. And no. uh, it was actually his kid was actually on Ellen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he did his his child did go viral. She's probably like fourteen now, but uh, yeah, she she was on the Ellen Wait, show. This wasn't time. the incident when he called her a thoughtless little pig. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, it I, starts. I watched this father slap the hell out of a four year old. It's great. <laughs> So, so the movie starts off into high gear as uh, Frank, or I'm sorry, Phil Fondacaro's character uh, infiltrates this ancient tomb of a vampire and then reunites it with its uh, quartered heart, reanimating the ancient vampire Lilith, played by Angie Everhart, who uh, had never had an acting credit up until this point. She actually uh, got this role uh, because she was dating Sylvester Stallone at the time, and Sylvester Stallone's you gotta one day I'll be King Shark in the Suicide Squad and you better give her a part in this movie right now I'll tell you that <laughs> and uh, that's uh, that's how that came to fruition and uh, she ends up ripping one fella's heart out squishes another's head and I love the head squish in this where like the eyes are bulging out it reminds me of the the transformation at the end of the movie the stuff very much uh, good special effects there. I was gonna say Total Recall Ooh, with total- Ronnie Cox uh, and then we get to see Vincent uh, pull out the key that we remember from the first uh, Tales from the Crypt movie, Demon Knight, where he pulls out the key that's filled with the blood of Christ, uh, which now he has, and uh, brandishes it before the vampire. What is that? You don't get to the movies too often, do you? Movies? It's the only thing that keeps her in line. The blood inside gives whoever possesses the key total power over Lilith. Doesn't matter where the key is. In a pocket? In a safe? <laughs> or right in her face. Oh, sweetheart. Hey, beautiful. 
I give you one more. What are you doing? You promised to behave? Anything for you, love. Oh, you son of a bitch. And as he's trying to crawl out, she like uh, gets a giant tongue that grabs his dick, it looks like, and just uh, and then it cuts scene. So very yes. exciting start to the Tales from the Crypt movie. It is. Can I say, though, I call bullshit on a man that travels a great distance to repair a woman's heart. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> <laughs> only a little man. Yeah, yeah. Only a only only a man of short stature would do that, keeping a, a woman's heart in his pocket. What a, what a true romantic. Let me tell you. There's so much I want to say right now. <laughs> So uh, next, uh, we get uh, transported to uh, the Crypt Keeper's Crypt, where we get to see the great William Sadler, who's dressed as a mummy, uh, talking to the Crypt Keeper, regaling him this story, um, which is fun. This whole scene is actually ripped from another episode of Tales from the Crypt, where he's actually dressed as death, and uh, they pretty much rip off this and just kind of rehashed it with him as a mummy, and they get into a game of rock, paper, scissors, in which... The Crypt Keeper loses his entire hand because it's a it's a body part chop off contest, and uh, we get to hear him open up for this. Well, kiddies, looks like your pal the Crypt Keeper's in for the fright of his life. Um, I mean death, which is kind of like the man in tonight's tawdry tale. He's about to meet the ghoul of his dreams in a nasty bit of scarnal knowledge I call. Bordello of blood. Ooh, I love when we get the titular line out of the way right at the beginning of the movie. Beautiful opening segment. Uh, and, you know, who doesn't love to see the great William Sadler dressed as a shitty mummy? I, I love, uh, I, I, back in the day, I got a gift from my cousin because he would apparently sign things if you give him money. And he sold... Um, William Sadler uh, mouse pads. Okay. I sent him some money to send me a personalized thing that said uh, said hello to my cousin and and his big old mushy butt from from the line he had in uh, Shawshank Redemption <laughs> when the, the fat guy was going to get raped. So, uh, did I say, oh, oh, sorry, God. did I make a rape joke again? Yeah, but it's sorry. not for sponsorship. That We might leave that one. I haven't decided yet. We'll figure it out. Anyway, uh, no, I like, uh, I like the opening scene. I like just the callbacks to it. We've already incorporated the universe that has been created within the first film of a trilogy that never got finished. So uh, I'm excited, mostly due to the whole horrible box office performance of this movie like who knew dennis miller spending the money on dennis miller wasn't going to draw you a big box office i mean who didn't love dennis miller live at the time <laughs> you're right because they made so much mo- money with billy zane in the first can you, one uh, can, can no, you imagine how much better if they had gotten alan thick to play the lead Ooh, it's me, Alan Thicke. Welcome to Bordello Blood. He might have actually learned his lines. Like one of the things that I <laughs> I was reading about this is that Dennis Miller was such a pain to work with in this film because they would force him to shoot at, he would force the cast to shoot at like 3 a.m. all the time because he 
would have to do Dennis Miller Live, which was uh, the show he did on HBO. And then he would also ask, he's like, uh, why don't we, hey, Kimasabi, why don't we just shoot on my sh- um, shots first and then I can leave, okay? That'd be great. I'd do that. Um, he is the epitome of every shitty open micer that's like, <laughs> hey, I have to get to a second show. I'm going to go up first and leave. <laughs> I do I do enjoy how shitty Dennis Miller was in this. And uh it got so bad that he would get into frequent fights with director uh Gilbert Adler as well as Corey Feldman who we meet in the opening scene when this opens. Uh Corey Feldman uh is the uh brother who uh infiltrates there, but they actually got into a a, a legit shouting match on multiple occasions to the point where he's like I would never work with Dennis Miller again and uh gosh, you know, uh ha- I don't see I lo- why. Yeah. I love how he, he explained in his career that he had just gotten off of drugs to do this movie and, and putting his, his career back together. If, if anybody saw, he, uh, he, he was talking about how he was off of drugs at first on some talk show. And uh, if you know who Brian James is from uh, Blade Runner and uh, Enemy Mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the, the the best movie of all known as Cabin Boy. Oh. Um, he's, he, of course, invented drugs in Hollywood. And he saw <laughs> Corey Feldman talk about being drugs. He's like, bullshit, you're a fucking liar. He called him out right to his face. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. So he, I think his, actually cleaning up Corey Feldman was helped by Brian James. If there's anybody you know of an actor to help you with drugs it's nothing's cooler than brian you think you think you you, you think you just did cocaine i used to snort purple lightning and uh they could have called it bordello of blow So, uh, I, I will say, I didn't watch a lot of Dennis Miller Live, but the, if you want to watch one of the greatest episodes, the only one that's ever worth watching is Norm MacDonald's appearance on on that, where he just abuses the fact that he's allowed to talk, and he's just like, hey, uh, I'm not allowed to say anything on HBO, right? Uh, he was just like, hey, if you're the... You're a gay guy, are you? You want to be the uh, you want to be the gay guy that that does the stuff in the butt, or the guy that gets it in the butt? Because like clearly, you'd want to be the guy that does it to the butt. Am I right? I mean, like <laughs> Dennis Miller's just uncomfortableness, like going, "Oh God, Norm, what are you doing?" Uh, it's a great piece of uh, TV if you ever want to watch that. But sounds sounds like Eric and I on a regular basis, and I'm just sitting there like I'm so uncomfortable, and Eric's like, "Let me throw this out there." So uh, next, uh, we get. To, I love this character actor who's in here. Uh, he approaches Corey Feldman. Uh, it's a. Uh, uh, this is Jenkins, who is a uh, uh, clearly a vampire biker. Uh, but he talks. It's played by Kim uh, Kondastroff, and uh, I, he doesn't have a whole lot of credits. But god damn it, this audio of him talking is the best casting in this movie, like hands down. Where he tells him where the bordello of blood is. Why don't you get fucked? <laughs> I'm talking about getting fucked so good you might be able to crawl three days later. Okay, okay. Sounds pretty intense, all right, man? 325 Beaumont. Ask for the Cunningham. Void. 
the Cunningham Wake is the secret word to get into the bordello of blood. <laughs> I love that he goes there. There's things they do that there's not even names for, and I'm like, ooh, what would that be like to a guy? Be like, guess what? She'll let you watch TV without giving you the stink eye the whole time. <laughs> ooh, <laughs> you're allowed to watch Monday Night Football without interruption. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She'll she'll go a whole twenty four hours without telling you you're a piece of shit. She, you go there and you turn on the television, and she takes out the trash one time, but don't ooh. let it fill up a second. <laughs> Boys, she offers a blowjob unprompted. <laughs> she has sex with you without crying. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Corey Feldman goes and his can, buddy can, head can, off to the, uh, to the, uh, I, yeah, yeah, go I ahead, Jerry. ask if the, the Cunningham was a send-up to, uh, the director of one of the, the Friday the 13th, Sean Cunningham, or is it a send-up to the Cunninghams from Happy Days? Oh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Ashley, weigh in. <laughs> I mean, all I could think of is I was like, mm, Cunningham. I mean, if it was Cunningham, Ooh. I, wow. it sounds, that would be like a nod to me. I'd be like, oh, okay. Sounds like the most molesty Thanksgiving in the whole world. Um, um, you're talking about my childhood Thanksgiving. <laughs> so uh, uh, Corey Feldman's character, Caleb, heads to the funeral home to meet the caretaker, McCutcheon, played by Aubrey Morris, uh, who we've actually covered in a recent episode of Life Force uh, and also very famous for the movie Clockwork Orange. Right, Jeremy? Hi, hi, hi there, Mr. Deltoid. <laughs> yeah. Yes, hello, Alex. <laughs> I'd like to just smash my fist into your groin. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they end up having to take a little coffin ride into a world uh, th- through fire uh, to see a world of titties. But this is short-lived as Feldman's buddy gets his heart ripped out via a tongue kiss by uh, by Lilith, which uh, I do love that she comes in and like tongue kisses up. It like goes down his throat and then rips his heart out from the inside to like just hand it to her. Ah, oh, it's good stuff. I really. I, I also have to say real quick. I don't know why, but when Eric said coffin ride, I immediately thought of that Stephen Wolf song, and I'm like, you don't know. <laughs> we can find. Why don't you come with Corey Feldman on a magic coffin ride? <laughs> No, that's a good bit. I like that. I was thinking more of Coffin Ride by us by Foghat. Coffin Ride! <laughs> Take it easy! Down, 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 down. So, uh, uh, the, his Roll buddy... a Coffin Ride! <laughs> Roll a Coffin Ride! <laughs> Of love, say what? So, uh, Corey, though, finds himself in an equally bad situation as he's about to bang uh, one of these vampire prostitutes that has a third nipple that's also pierced. (laughs) Yes. I made a huge note about that. I was like... You muted yourself as soon as you started talking. You, oh, made, you made a huge note and then muted. <laughs> Sorry, I made a huge note of all the nicknames that they hope they have for her. Triple nipple, tress tops, titty trinity, treble tits. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that, like, you know, we had a movie called Total Recall recently here. They were like, no, two titties, but three nips. That's where we're going You're with this here. one. 
<laughs> There's only one one name for all these different kinds. Of, it's called a freak. Uh. <laughs> sorry, that's a total recall reference. I'm sorry. I don't mean I don't really hate women with three nipples or three tits. That's... No, but I like I like that her areolas look like one of the constellations. You're like, look, if you connect them all, it's one giant nipple. <laughs> Everybody knows that it's a fake nipple and you can take it off and eat it like a gummy worm. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, Lilith, though, comes in and uh, goes for a little deep throat action with Corey Feldman, but it cuts before that happens. Now, next we meet Catherine, played by Erica Elinkia, uh, or Orlanika. It's not important. She's, uh, I believe, isn't she a former Baywatch uh, person? She is. And, and, of course, had a little kiss in the movie called E.T. Yes. Sorry, I totally... No, you're fine. She's also from a shitty horror movie called Dracula 3000 about Dracula in space. And she turns out to be a sex robot. (laughs) (laughs) But she'll she'll always be the stripper to me in Under Siege. Oh, yeah. I forget. You do get to see that uh, in Under Siege. You get to see her titties in like the first 20 minutes. It's nice. Well, I feel like most of the women in this movie are former like playboy models i mean i forget i'm sorry what is the name of the our head vampire lady uh lilith or angie everhart i think her name is yes okay so i i don't really know her from anything else i know she was a formal play former playgirl i only know her from one other movie which is take me home tonight she has these huge fucking tits and she whips him out in this movie and lets a grown man suck on him. And that's the only thing that I remember uh, from my college years. Was it, was it, um, shit, who's the, who's the guy that, was it Eddie Money's greatest movie, though? It, <laughs> it's Dan Fogler, I think, who sucks on those tits. And I'm like, man, that is just proof that Hollywood is unrealistic with all these ugly dudes sucking on hot chicks' titties. Mm. I hate it here. Okay. <laughs> okay, so so take me home tonight. It wasn't Eddie Money actually in the money the movie then. So no, it's a okay. movie about the '80s that really flopped at the box office. I saw it <laughs> by myself in a 500 seat theater in Times Square. He Hell said yeah. flopped. So uh, did flop. the movie really flopped. So uh, cat. <laughs> Catherine is trying to figure out where her brother Caleb Corey Feldman is uh, is at, but the police are not being super super helpful. Noonan is just a piece of shit. But luckily, Rafe Gutman is there, played by the great Dennis Miller. And uh, I have a little clip of uh, of the great Dennis Miller here, um, it, so you can really see the the charm and sexual appeal of Dennis Miller. I swear to God, I know you. We've never met. I don't think so. Well, you know something, dearie, if it's any consolation to you, you know, you're just not my type. That is comforting. Believe me. Can I get you something? Maybe a cookie? Popcorn? A little Prozac, dear? I'm fine. Okay. So this is your brother, Jesus. So, uh, I, I love what a dick Dennis Miller is, not learning his lines, just ad-libbing the entire movie. Um, he, he then uh, is able to track down some of Caleb's friends. Yeah. Did you read the the uh, trivia that said that he did actually know her because 
there's a poster in the background of her as a porn star called Chubby O'Toole. Yeah, so her 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 background story, which they film shots for but cut from the movie, is that he knows her from a pornographic film, and now she's a born-again Christian, but she used to be Chubby O'Toole, which is a porn star. So wait, that explains the parts that they left in that were very confusing about him being like, don't I know you? And she's yes. like, no. <laughs> yeah. she, she's Chubby O'Toole. He just rubs the one out to her. He's like, the girl in my dreams, she, I, I don't know where I know her from, but I jerk off to her and have a poster. <laughs> also, what kind of horrible name for a female porn star is Chubby O'Toole? <laughs> Oh, God. That sounds like something you'd say to me just to make me feel bad for being fat. Like, what a horrible name. So, uh, uh, Dennis Miller is able to track down Caleb's friends and uh, is uh, uh, continues his dick move as, as uh, one of his friends is playing pool, but does get coordinates to the bordello of blood. I'm telling you, man, that's a bad, bad angle. Six-pack and the side cleavage. <laughs> Step outside. You know, Zeke, uh, not right now. Just not in the mood for a blowjob. Hey. <laughs> Just like what a fucking cocky is this whole movie. There's so much to not like about him through the entire movie. Oh, it's so good. So uh, he heads to the mortuary and uh, sees Jenkins putting on SPF 120, uh, you know, further uh, putting forth the uh, the vampire narrative as uh, they're at somebody's wake. He then heads back to report to Catherine at the Super Church re- uh, run by Reverend Current, uh, also known as JC, uh, played by the great Chris Sarandon, which is, the you know, the second movie we've done in the last two weeks uh, with, with Chris Sarandon in a vampire flick. I promise when I picked this, I didn't realize he was in both. I was like, oh, look at that. He's got a he's got a type. And uh, he mentions that uh, where her brother went. I did get a lead on him. He and a friend of his evidently went to a local whorehouse. A whorehouse? A house inhabited by whores. <laughs> I, I, God, great Dennis Miller ad libbing. It feels good. So uh, he does then, this mean that does this mean next week we're doing Thelma and Louise? That is, we're getting close to all Sarandon hits. Where we started all vampire themes for the summer, and now we're moving into only Chris and Susan Sarandon movies. After this, <laughs> well, I can't wait to see uh, Dead Man Walking. Hell yeah, because um, I love cheering at the end when he fucking dies. <laughs> I have to <laughs> I have to say that um friend of the show Brandon um Fusen uh he, he and I love working together and he has this bit that he always likes to close with lately about um how he was a landlord but then really just turned out to be a whorehouse and I would go up after him and I'm like that's so hurtful Brandon you can just tell people you were my landlord <laughs> 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 so uh 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 rafe uh dennis miller heads back to the bar to see if he can find out some more and uh is accosted uh by the same creepy dude from earlier jenkins uh, uh and i love i pulled this full audio clip for how overacted it is and how great and just how it, this part fits into the movie so well i know a place not the only person I would cast other than this guy would be Jeremy Woodworth. I need you to know that. Okay, that's another important part. Not I too far from here. You can get the 
best goddamn piece of ass in the whole goddamn world. Now they got girls that are two things there aren't even names for. <laughs> you know, you make it sound really enticing. Three, twenty-five, Beaumont. Ask for the cutting ham. Right. All right. Thank you. Now, you loosen that headband, okay? <laughs> Thanks, Dennis Miller, adding in that extra headband thing that really added to the movie. <laughs> God. Uh, kind of looks like Axl Rose if he had never stopped doing drugs. Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, he knocks on the door, but McCutcheon, the uh, the undertaker there, is busy doing a little hoo-hoo. Uh, he's doing a little uh, exhuming of a body, and I pulled the audio of him grabbing this lady's hooters and uh, making train sounds. <laughs> Just, just, it really tickled me. This I uh, grope. Dab any man that ever puts his hands on my boobs and was like, chugga, 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 whoop, whoop. I'm like, don't ever touch. Nope, nope. You're going on the couch. But there's, nope. there's so many autistic men available. That's the thing. You know, you could get Christian. <laughs> Every, everybody knows you only do that to a woman while she's asleep. <laughs> Eric, I, <laughs> I'm going to save my career potentially by not saying what I want to say. I'll say it after the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, next uh, he goes, uh, he doesn't get access because the, uh, the it's actually closed tonight, the bordello. So he goes poking around and breaks into the second floor. Can I, can and I, I have can I more pause a question. Yes. Is it wrong to ask a woman if she can paint Thomas Thomas the paint the tank engine on her boobs face? On not, her boobs? not if you're autistic. That's actually written in the bylaws of autism. You're allowed to. How about, ask how about the airplane, Thomas? The, the no, airplane. No, now you're going too far. Now you're just taking liberties with the rule, Jeremy. Then that's not acceptable in our modern society. So uh, I I pulled a little bit more audio of Dennis Miller she's, being a dick. She's on. <laughs> she's on mute. No, I know, but she's on mute on purpose. She knows what she's doing. Oh, okay. So uh, Den- here's some more of Dennis Miller being a dick as he walks into like the mortuary room where the they're exhuming bodies. Hey, guys. Looking for a scalpel for a friend's birthday present? Seen a salesperson? No? He's <laughs> just such a... He's such a fucking nerd in this entire movie. I can't get enough of it. Uh, he does find Caleb's earring, though, on the slab in the mortuary. So he reports back to Catherine. But the Reverend JC wants him off the case. So uh, he goes to the whorehouse night, too, and does gain access. Uh, they're already eating hearts in the other room. But uh, Rafe gets uh, gets to go to go with the new whore and, uh, that was just interviewed the, the prior night. Uh, Lilith goes up uh, and rink, rips off Jenkins' head, who's just like, come on, man, the sun's too hard. She's just like, oh, you're complaining? Yeah! And just rips his head off in a great little scene there. Meanwhile... He ties up the new whore, Tamara, uh, who's just, he's like, he tricks her. He's like, oh, is this how this thing works? You just tie this little thing here. And then like, oh, the wit of Dennis Miller gets him out of another sticky situation. 
I love the idea that women are so dumb that they're like, oh my God, you tricked me into seduction. I'm like, that's not how that works. <laughs> I, I also like that he ties, it up, ties her up and he's just like, this will stop you from having sex with me finally. <laughs> <It's just> so, <laughs> like, the Dennis Miller is so uh, desirable that he would have to do that. Uh, we also find out that uh, the star of David doesn't work as a cross because she turns her eyes. She's like, oh, it's, he's only a Jew. It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Which is very, very funny. Um, Which is just a reminder that the Jews are not the chosen people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right. So uh, he quickly escapes after that. But uh, as he's uh, before he leaves, he drops his wallet. uh, He douses the fireplace uh, with some water so he can head out the way he came in and then finds Jenkins decapitated head on the way out. Lilith tastes the blood uh, off of what's her name's fingers because she dug her uh, Tamara dug her fingers into the back of him. And he's like, oh, this is special blood. We got to keep him alive, which is never explained why Dennis Miller's important through the rest of the movie. I like that it's it's worth noting that's never explained. Maybe he's got like Tommy Simbazo blood. She's like, I don't know. This is pretty sweet. <laughs> I can't wait to take the piss. So oh, he is he is the Van Helsing of the movie. That is true. He is the Van Helsing. So uh, he uh, he quickly escapes and gets out of there. But uh, because Lilith has his wallet, she heads to his place. She tries to fascinate him with like different looks. Like she's like, "Ooh, here's me with instead of red hair, Marilyn Monroe hair." And then until he turns into uh, Chubby O'Toole, uh, that's the only time he starts <laughs> to be like, "Okay, I'm thinking about it now. Uh, I'm oh, thinking." Oh, her- so cute. <laughs> also, I do not like this commentary on the lengths the women will go to to catch a man. <laughs> Imagine trying this hard for Dennis Miller. Like that's the funniest. Part I've done worse. <laughs> I've done worse to please a man. <laughs> so that's why the, that's why the part would be so much better if it was Kevin Spacey because he'll never have sex with a woman. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but just as he's about to get fully fascinated, uh, Catherine shows up, breaks up the party, and they head to the cops. Now, uh, Noonan, Cat, and uh, Rafe, and Cat. Uh, head up there uh, to the mortuary only to find that the secret door doesn't work that takes you to Bordello. Rafe is made to look like a fool. He goes, listen, babe, they're gaslighting me. What can I say? They only do that, which has to be the first documented case of the phrase that we use every day now of gaslighting. Have you heard one prior to 1996's Bordello of Blood? If I did, a man told me that it wasn't real. (laughs) Is, is gaslighting when you uh, set fire to a fart? <laughs> no, Jeremy, it's what happened to your childhood home. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, I wasn't home. Nobody saw me either. <laughs> oh, my God. There were so many references oh, dropped can, can, in. Can, Ashley can, just can, took out our childhood home, which did burn to the ground in 20, like, 2003? God, okay. Can I, can, I, can I mention the best part about our house burning down? Yes, you can. You can. This is great because I, I love telling this story because uh, Dad and I were on a hunt 
and this is at least six months after the fact of the shell of our house and all the shit that got out of it. But because of all the hoarding and all the shit that had to get out, it took us six months to find the final cat. (laughs) I do remember the saddest part about the house burning down is that somehow the house next door was for rent. So we lived next to the house that was burned down and you could just smell the ashes of it. And our cat, our cat Woody, which was the only cat that lived and uh, actually just died like within like the last year or two uh, recently, he would go outside and he would just go around the wreckage, like going, looking for his other friend cats and they were super dead uh god they went to they went to the least burnt part of the house but they still died (laughs) and the best part is i think dad lied about uh finding the cats and didn't tell our sisters that we found them finally and buried them so that was probably the best that was probably for the best oh my god guys this is so upsetting but also this sounds a lot like whatever i do when someone dumps me i'll just date the person closest to them like their brother best friend so i too know what it's like to have your house burned down and then move next door and by by the way one of the cats was really fat and they called it jabba and we was actually kind of glad that he died i fucking hate jabba was the worst fucking cat it was one of those cats that were like you could pet it for exactly two pets and then it would just go and just to try to attack you oh god i hated that by by the way by the way i um that cat got off much better, and I'm not going to finish this story than a cat that we got for our grandfather. I'm just going to leave that story. Yeah, we've in told the that air. on the pod. We've told that on the in pod. In the before. air. So, uh, Rafe is now made to look a fool. He's been gaslit, uh, but uh, we find out that uh, Vincent, played by Fonda Caro, is working with the Reverend. Uh, they have a whole scheme set up with this bordello where they take these sinners, they go and they kill them, and then they sell their cars for charity. They murder them and he's a car dealer. It just makes sense. Uh, But Lilith asks Vincent... Did did you know the name of that charity? No, what was that? You hear the radio ads all the time. It's called uh, Cars for Horse. (laughs) So uh, uh, Lilith... It's got the greatest songs, too. Cars for Horse. It's trucks for sluts. Eight, six, seven, seven, cars for horse. horse. Cars, I gotcha. So... uh, Lilith then asked Vincent to put her in charge. Uh, we shouldn't be doing all this charity. Plus, you deserve more money. And he goes, hey, you know, you might be on to something. Uh, so uh, Vincent then goes ask the dear reverend for a raise. JC, uh, I'd like to talk to you about what I'm getting from this bordello thing. Brother Vincent, we're doing this for the Lord. That's what you're getting from it. I know that. But I was thinking uh, if there was some way I could make a little extra money... Maybe I could make... Brother Vincent. Am I hearing you right? Sorry, JC. Bad idea. Didn't know what I was thinking. Just forget the whole thing. I'm just going to go back to my apartment where my uh, my troll friend lives upstairs. Uh... <laughs> By the way, this this same conversation goes on between any of the uh, cast members from Willow and George Lucas when they ask for money. George Lucas, (laughs) you're a little man. I am full sized. (laughs) I'm George Lucas. 
you want more than minimum wage a day? <laughs> I bet you want to be over the height of four feet, too. <laughs> Are you gonna, maybe you want to fight me. I'm George Lucas. Can I point out that Chris Sarandon's character is the original Joel Olstein? <laughs> Yes, the leader of the super less, chooch. Uh, but the, a lot less gay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah George. <laughs> yes, Joel Osteen is still so turbo gay. Nobody is that happy and doesn't take a cock up the ass, let me tell you. I'm uh, sorry, Joel, Joel Osteen makes them, Chet, Chet Atkins seem not gay. That is true. <laughs> He, uh, but Tro- Troy Aiken, no Chet Aiken, whoever the singer from American Idol. That's, yeah, that's a very different. <laughs> I like, I like that you're trying to make a reference that was relevant in 2002, and you still couldn't nail it. <laughs> it's like it couldn't be less useful for the show, and I like that about you. Joe. Well, I think I, I know there was a, a gay singer on. American I think you're Idol. thinking Clay Aiken. I think you're thinking of Clay yeah. Aiken. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, Troy, Troy, uh, Troy, Troy Aikman. Aikman. <laughs> Troy Aikman, gay quarterback for the uh, yeah. the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. I all, I actually did the clay eight kin diet. Um, you just have <laughs> no cock, yeah. no vagina. You just just swig as much cum you can in a day to live off of. So, <laughs> so, so Vincent then steals the key from the safe at the reverend's uh, place, and then the reverend tracks him down to a local. school strip club where he's meeting with Lilith and talking about expansion but demands the key back. Vincent. JC. Relax, sugar. What the hell is going on? Game's over, Rev. I'm driving now. Vile, pernicious, disgusting little harlot. You're not so bad yourself. I did not bring you here for the purpose of feeding your evil desires. We are doing the Lord's work. Vincent? Give me the key. No, Vincent. But just as that happens, uh, uh, Catherine's character bursts in through the doors because she's doing outreach to talk about, hey, why are you at this strip club? And uh, with a camera, which I just, I don't understand how the bouncers didn't pick her up at the door. And he's like, oh, God, can't be seen here. So they have to run. Now, I know. But I was going to say, sorry, one of my favorite, I don't know if you ever saw this video, sorry, one of my favorite stories was they, they busted like this, this really small whorehouse. Like, again, it looked like a, an undercover operation and uh, a news team had gone in, it's a true story, had gone in and they're filming all these women and they're all hiding their faces and they're all sad. And there's one girl as they pan over, this one girl wants to be famous and she's like, ah. <laughs> Hi, dad. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, her dad must be dead. <laughs> so, uh, meanwhile, while this is going down, well, you got to admit it was one of uh, uh, Geraldo's better um, interviews. That is so. true. He didn't even get punched by a Nazi in that one, and you know. Anyway, today um, I'm going to invade a Nazi whorehouse. <laughs> Nazi whorehouses and why they do it, ma'am. Are you sucking dick for racism right now? <laughs> So, uh, meanwhile, Rafe, uh, played by Dennis Miller, is digging up coffins, trying to find evidence and get some pics, pictures of the Jenkins head. Now, one of the crypts that he's looking at while you're looking at this scene in the cemetery uh, says Gaines on it, which is a shout out to William Gaines, the creator of Tales from the Crypt comic books. So, there you go. A little which, by the way, thing. looked exactly like um, Lardass from Trauma, which I met Ooh. soon before he died. So, and weighed exactly the same. 
Outside of the strip club, though, Lilith is now accosting Reverend JC, and uh, he begs for the key from Vincent, but Vincent takes it out and goes, I'll tell you what, and he throws it, shattering it in the longest throw that a short person has ever done. That had 10 seconds of air time, okay? 10 seconds of air on that throw from little uh, Phil Fontecaro there. Very good shot. Uh, Catherine then finds out that Lilith doesn't show up uh, in the film that she did, which is kind of odd, but does notice that JC is in the background of the footage. So Catherine and Rafe start to put the pieces together. We have Reverend Curran leaving topless bar. That's all. That's an odd And we have photos and videotape with people who didn't photograph or record. Follow that thread of thinking. Did not photograph, did not record. I don't want you to flee the room here. I'm going to advance a weird Duchovnian riff. What if what we're dealing with here is, in fact, vampires? <laughs> Are you crazy? Why is that crazy? Because I advance a singular theory that the perpetrator of our crimes is an eternal spirit who... Sustains itself solely through the intake of human hemoglobin through a set of protracted fangs. Shut up, Rafe. So, uh, some classic Dennis Millerisms there. So, uh, but the revelation is short-lived as they get a call from Caleb. Does, does he make a David Duchovny reference? Yes, he's like, let me make a Duchovny reference here. Uh, he's the guy from X-Files. Uh, so, I, I think I realized by like the fourth season of X-Files was the acting of the X-Files was literally every single time that what's his name uh, Duchovny talks to the red-haired gal whatever her name is uh you know Courtney Love or something mm-hmm. uh, okay. um, and literally every conversation they have is like hey Scully what did you feel that this could be aliens yes yeah David Duchovny I think they are aliens also yeah I think that they're aliens <laughs> That was every episode of the X-Files. That was good. That was good, Jeremy. Thank you. And Thank uh, you. the revelation, though, is short-lived as they get a call from the very uh, live voice of Caleb, Corey Feldman's character, who's asking him to meet him at an abandoned power plant. Uh, so they rush over there, and uh, we get this little snippet from Dennis Miller. Creepy place. I feel like I'm in a bad Tales from the Crypt episode. <laughs> Sorry, I'm Mexican for lunch. <laughs> Dennis, you, you are fucking incorrigible. Uh, they quickly find out that Caleb is a vampire. Vampire, and he unloads the revolver into him and remains unfazed. The two get chased through the derelict warehouse, and uh, they actually end up on a Indiana Jones-like uh, swing across on a chain, one where she gets across no problem, and the other one where he crashes through the window and lands on Chief Noonan's uh, hood of his car. Um, they're able to capture Catherine, uh, but uh, he he wakes up uh, tied down in a hospital bed in a uh, in the hospital uh he's able to break loose very easily and uh uh is able to uh wake up just in time to see noonan get killed behind the curtain on the other side although we can't see who's in the bed next to him we'll get to that soon um Um, but she uh he exploits the easiest weakness in all vampires which is always sunlight opens up the blinds it burns out her back she explodes and then we get the great Whoopi goldberg that shows up in this movie for no reason at all just to deliver this line here. 
You want to try to keep it down here, please? I'm trying to rest. I knew I should have taken that private room. <laughs> Whoopee. Oh, my gracious. <laughs> it was so much better than Ghost. By the way, rewind to the scene in the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the plant where they go. And, of course, there's some guy walking in the background that has nothing to do with the shot. He just, like, they kept it in, which I love, so... Uh, Eric, can I say that scene really spoke to me? Because if I had a quarter for every time a stand-up comedian blew out my back, (laughs) I could board therapy. (laughs) So uh, Rafe has to uh, now rescue Catherine. She's all uh, tied up in the bordello about to get turned. Uh, Caleb is weirdly horny for all this so Corey Feldman's character is like yeah do it look at her pussy that's gonna be great and then uh, upstairs the reverend and the undertaker are uh, talking with Vincent uh, saying that he wants back in he's ready to join up but uh, as Vincent is like I don't need you anymore is about to shoot him fucking Dennis Miller comes through Cadillac 55 crushes the undertaker through the door and then shoots Vincent only to find that uh, the reverend is actually there to kill and quarter the heart of the evil Lilith, which is the only way to stop her. Wait, and I didn't really watch the end of this. Is the Undertaker really in this? No, the Undertaker is the uh, the great actor, McCu- well, playing the character McCutcheon, Aubrey Morris from A Clockwork Orange. Oh, so, oh, gets... so the Undertaker isn't the wrestler. No, hey. no, no, not the great Mark Chapman who is uh, is good, but uh... but Gravestone Steve Austin was in. <laughs> yes, Gravestone Steve Austin. So, uh, uh, Dennis Miller then hands Chris Sarandon a super soaker, a a shitty water gun while he gets a super soaker filled with holy water. And there is a giant montage of them blowing up people to the song, the ballroom blitz, which is, I love this scene as, uh, there's just lots of, uh, uh, vampire torsos that are for some reason in the air that just explode. And, uh, that is literally the next minute and a half of the movie. Can I say can I say the okay. only thing that would make this scene better is if it was a scene full of zombies. That would actually be pretty cool. Well, so here's my thing about it. I love the scene and I love the song Ballroom Blitz. I love the suite, but it feels kind of weird to use this song if I'm being honest, because Rocky Horror Picture Show, if I'm not mistaken, was one of the first places we ever really heard that song, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just saying it feels weird that though it's like a musical Rocky Horror Picture, feel it feels like a weird place to take out and use another film's soundtrack almost. That feels weird to me. I think you're thinking of the movie Grease where they, they actually um, splash acid on all the girls in the movie and they get burned to death. I remember that part in Grease. That's my favorite part. That's at, No, yeah. Jeremy, you're thinking of the of the, the movie Chicken Grease, uh, which was actually just me working at Popeye's at the age of 16. Um, <laughs> so uh, next, uh, they cut to Lilith's... Uh, uh, they go to attack Lilith. Um, the, the Reverend tries to cut her heart out, but he's quickly uh, gets his arm broken and fucked up. Uh, they have to deal with Corey Feldman and uh, uh, fucking Dennis Miller blasts a Dinty Moore uh, jumbo can sized hole through his chest with the super soaker. Um, Rafe then, Seems like another Zemeckis film. I can't name. I can't think mm, of it, though. Like the Frighteners. I see where you're going with that. So, no. Uh, what? 
Death becomes oh, Death her becomes with, uh, her. with oh, um, God. what a great Goldie movie. Goldie Hawn with a giant hole in her chest. I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah, definitely very similar. Very similar. And Meryl Streep. Uh, Rafe then comes in with the axe that Corey Feldman was holding, and then chops uh, 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 Lilith right down like her side right here, exposing her heart momentarily. But she just kind of slaps it back together and jumps away. Uh, he rescues Catherine, and the Reverend's dying words are broadcasted to the world. So. They head back to the mega church to broadcast the the uh, uh, idea of vampires across there because that'll work. And uh, the we I, I really neglected to mention earlier that the Reverend stage show that he's been working on is uh, deals with like a cross that opens up and the devil coming out, and then him using a laser that's way overpowered. Like it looks like the laser for the movie Congo that can chop gorillas in half. And uh, he's gonna that's gonna come into play here in this final broadcast here can, but can i say can i say the only thing that i wish this movie had was that he was also selling um survival food buckets on stage Ah. so uh but as they're about to go live lilith comes in and kills the guy in the control room while dennis miller is up on top and Catherine is on the stage ready to tell everything to the world but lilith ends up handcuffing him and fucking everything up (laughs) so you want to fuck no lilith i'd rather crazy glue my dick to the bullet train and fuck you how's that (laughs) so (laughs) so uh she handcuffs dennis miller as he's helpless and starts beating up Catherine. Uh, but luckily, the giant laser is next to Dennis Miller and using his feet to play the most complex game of uh, like the claw machine you've ever seen. He fires the laser into her. And uh, it burns her up pretty good, but doesn't kill her as she now comes towards him to finish Dennis Miller off. But luckily... Uh, What's her name comes up and stabs her through the heart. Heartless bitch. And I like that when he and she impales her, like uh, Catherine impales her, like the four pieces of the heart perfectly go into Dennis Miller's hand. Like I, that part definitely made me laugh. I love like the ridiculousness of it, and uh, the day has now been saved. But the rab- he, it's funny. Dennis Miller then gets a rabbi to consecrate her by fire. He's like, "Don't worry, this always works. We make sure it's all the way done this time." You know the Jews. So uh, he. He then says uh, that uh, he has, I got a friend at NASA that can launch this heart into space, possibly setting up the third movie, which uh, I can only assume the third Tales from the Crypt would have taken place in space, though we don't really know. But it's Dracula 3000. Yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, he ends up kissing Catherine, but notices she's a little off and uh, asks what that smell is. It's not perfume you're wearing. It's not perfume. And then he finds the bite mark on her thigh. Oh my god, she was a vampire the entire time! Yeah, um, I gotta say, it's a good place to bite someone because you won't know they're undead since it always smells like it's decomposing. <laughs> Which brings us to an end of Bordello of Blood. I'll have the Crypt Keeper take us out with this little ditty. Well, kitties. I guess Catherine learned in the end that the fastest way to a man's heart is through his ribcage. <laughs> <laughs> 
Still, I think they make a fabulous couple. They're a regular Romeo and Juliet. And when they do have the occasional disagreement, at least now she'll know what's eating him. She is. <laughs> Looks like I won. What are you talking about, dear boy? Come on, let's play again. Uh, William Sadler is only a head now because they've been playing rock, paper, scissors for body parts, and now he's just a head sitting there. Huh? Double or nothing. Take my advice, pal. Quit while you're ahead. Uh, And that brings us to an end of the 1996 classic Bordello of Blood. Uh, Ashley, your final thoughts on Bordello of Blood. I know it didn't do well at the box office, but I actually really like this film. I stand by my pick. And, uh, you know, who doesn't like a bunch of horny bloodsuckers? I, I certainly do. Uh, Jeremy, your final thoughts on uh, the power and the lasting uh, uh, mark that Bordello of Blood has left on us. I love the fact that it, when it's referenced in the movie Blowout, it really was a script all the way back in 1981. That is true. It is mentioned in the De Palma Classic. Uh, I love Bordello Blood. It's a movie that shouldn't exist, and I like that it got made. It's such a beautiful train wreck to see Dennis Miller fuck up all of his lines and try to be charming when he's the least charming piece of shit I've ever seen in my entire life. It's 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 really beautiful. Second only to uh, The Dark Backward. That is true. Okay, I'll I'll see you. I'll see you there. It would have been good if it had Bill Paxton. I will admit that. Uh, but I, I love Bordello Blood. It's a good movie. I think if you want to check it out, uh, you can rent it on YouTube for like three bucks. That's what I ended up doing. So I, I think it could have used a little bit more nudity. A little bit more. A little bit more. Although, Dennis Miller did say he's like, I love Bordello Blood being up at 3 a.m. and seeing breasts every night. That was uh, one of his actual quotes uh, about working on the movie. So, uh, I love it. Um, Ashley, where can people find you at? Um, you can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs. And right now, the only date I have is you can see me August 27th opening for Tommy Simbazo at Church of Satire. Ooh, what a show, what a show. Uh, you can catch all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. Eric with a K, comedy with a C. Links to all the bullshit where you can listen to us on. If you want to listen to us on another platform, and as well as the Quality Time Store Emporium, where you can buy shirts, merch, and all that shit, um, check me out and the show date. It's all there. Jeremy, you sweet, sweet man, you. Take us out. This is Bordello of Blood, and I'm sticking to it. Rah!